Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 325. I'm your host, Blaine Putney. I'm joined by my co-host, Treg Wilson. Hello. Matt Smith. Good evening. And our special returning guest, who may as well just be called a co-host, Lyle Richardson, a.k.a. Spectres Hockey. Welcome to the show again. Bonjour. Thank you for having me. It's great to be back, guys. Always good to be back talking talking Habs in... in, in... Talking Habs and, and everything else that's going on. You'll have to forgive me if I sound a little punchy. It's been a trade deadline preview show this evening. So, uh, yeah. There's stuff going on, trade deadline. I thought everything was saved for Friday. <laughs> oh, you dear old-fashioned thing. No, that's not the way things go now. No, 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 no. This is the new NHL with desperate general managers. I, I got to say I like it, though. I I, I like this because this is this is different from other trade deadlines. You know, you're seeing like it's not just bottom you know, like like bubble teams trying to to load up or anything like that. No, these are the heavy hitters. These are all the 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 ones that are the favorites in the Eastern Conference are just loading up. So I mean, you know, it, it's exciting. It's it's a shame that they couldn't wait until uh, deadline day to do this because as we discussed before we went on air, yeah, I mean, you know, just James Duffy's just going to be sitting there. Basically, they're going to break out like paddle balls and stuff just to kill time. You know, they'll be shotgunning beer at noon just to just to kill time because they go they go on at what nine a.m. Eastern time, something uh, like that. Yeah. Oh boy, howdy. Yeah. Let's <clears throat> see. Uh, yeah, uh, Jeff O'Neill is trying to find a body double to fill in for him while he takes like hour long naps or something like that until stuff happens. Yeah. He was actively, actively uh, advertising for that on Twitter. Yeah. He, he lists himself at six, two and 198 pounds. I was like, yeah, that was your plane plane weight, but that ain't, that ain't it now. <laughs> I ran into him in person a few times and uh, I'm going to have to say that that might be a little off. Yeah. He, he, he's, he's, he's a large gentleman, a large gentleman. Yes. You know who else got large in his retirement? Keith Kachuk. Oh, 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 oh <clears throat> boy! Yeah, yeah. He's he he's he's uh yeah he's well known at the at the Royal Fork Buffet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying he eats a lot. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he likes food. Everybody likes food. Some like it more than others. Thank you. That's my awful Gilbert Gottfried impression. May he rest in peace. He was starting to come back to life. He heard that and he died again. So there we go. Oh, you again, need to buy some I'm, I'm sorry. I'm punchy. That. So I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> oh, my. Anyway. So, Lyle, any Great. big surprises so far? 
Um, uh, well, I would say uh, Ekholm going to uh, to Edmonton. That kind of came out of the blue. That actually kind of blew up today. Uh, there was some whisper of it yesterday, and I was just like, yeah, okay, we'll see. Uh, but, you know, it, the things really intensified today. So, yeah, Ekholm going there. Um, you knew something was going to be happening, uh, that something was going to go down today when you saw that they traded uh, Jesse Pugliarvi. A uh, bit well traded. They basically gave him away uh, to the Carolina Hurricanes, who did them a solid. You know, picked up that three mil. It's a reclamation project for them. Maybe they feel they got another uh, Yesperi Kakanyemi on their hands. And let's let's give credit where it's due. It's taken some time, but Kakanyemi has is steadily improved this season. You know, so for people who were laughing and saying, "Ah, oh, what a bust he, he is in Carolina," well, you better look twice because he's really been improving over the last couple of months. So maybe they're hope for the same sort of thing with Puliyarvi. Um, but basically, yeah, the Hurricanes did them a solid. They they sent him a prospect who wasn't going to sign with them. Um, maybe they sign with the maybe he signs with the Oilers. Maybe he doesn't. But that cleared that cap space so that they could go out and uh, get uh, Matias Ekholm from the uh, the Predators. They also had to give up Tyson Berry to do that. But I think they're confident with Evan Bouchard now uh, running the power play on the right-hand side that they were willing to, to make that move. But they really needed to bring in somebody behind Darnell Nurse on the left-hand side of their blue line. So Ekholm will more than address that issue. Plus, he's 32, plays a physical style. He's got that Stanley Cup uh, uh, final experience, of course, having uh, gone to the final with the uh, the Predators back in uh, 2017. Um, yeah, he uh, comes with a $6 million cap hit. Wait, I thought it was $6.25 million. No, because David Poyle, bless his stringy heart, uh, is picking up 250000 of it. If, in other words, he picked up 4%. of, of which was Ekholm's key. cap hit, which was... <clears throat> Get it right under there, right under there. Boy, that, that can just Ken imagine Holland. Ken Holland. Hey, uh, yeah, no, I, I can't do it. You need to take 4%. No, seriously, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, David, I'm begging you, please just take 4%. All right, well, it's going to cost you one of your prospects. At least he only gave up their fourth best prospect. Shaver was their fourth, fourth best prospect, at least according to uh, the athletics rankings. And uh, Scott Wheeler that and Corey Promen, they do a good job uh, evaluating uh, prospect pipelines. So, yeah, I take them at the Schaefer word. can shotgun a beer. There He's really go. good at that. <laughs> there you go. All important if you're going to a party town like Edmonton. Sir. Oh, I'm sorry, Nashville. That's where he's going. Yeah, even better. Even better. Yeah. Bronman um, told me at the World Junior that he doesn't think Lane Hudson makes the NHL. Other people will disagree. Other people disagree. <laughs> So. I, I, that when you said his name, it just that. Oh, I know. I, listen, they're, they're not all listen. They're looking at a lot of prospects. They can't get it right all the time. But I mean, you know, they. they it's funny because when you, when you look at the, the, the their prospect pipeline evaluation, say six months prior, and then you look at them ahead of time, there's always a one guy they say. Well, I had him lower. I didn't think he was going to make the NHL, but he's starting to kind of change my mind. But I still think that he's borderline or, well, he'll be like a, a, a middle six forward. And then the guy turns around the following year and it's like, oh, yeah, this guy's definitely going to be a star. So, well, yeah. Hudson did grow three inches since he uh, they first talked about him. So, yeah. <laughs> and what and is he still uh, has he has he uh, broken uh, Kale McCarr's single season? Uh, 
scoring record for defenseman in the NCAA. I seem to recall reading something that he was on pace to do that for, was it his rookie season or something like that? I think it was for rookies. Yeah, I don't think close. it was like a, yeah. So I know, I know he has the highest points per game total of there you go. anyone, anyone since Mike uh, or since uh, Brian Leach. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. I, I, I honestly, he wasn't that good, was he? Oh God, he was horrible. The, the most overrated Hall of Fame players in the. No, yeah, actually, he was pretty damn good. <laughs> he was pretty damn good. Uh, but um, again, I apologize, guys. I said it's been it's been it's been punchy, been punchy for the last three hours yeah. trying to stay on top of everything. So, yeah. Well, I mean, just come. We're just here having fun. Yeah, oh just... yeah. This, this, this you can this, be as goofy as you want you'll fit right in <laughs> this is kind of the preview bit of a preview what of what i'm normally like at the end of the, the actual trade deadline only a lot more fried with more liquor in my system <laughs> wink <laughs> anyway. yeah the old chief in you oh god there we go just a little bit of pasta rum to get me through that's all just a little bit of pasta rum everybody needs a tot yeah anyway so, Lyle, uh, tonight, Montreal mm. takes on San Jose. They've got Mike Hoffman playing on the top line. <laughs> and then they swapped Nick Suzuki's wingers mm-hmm. and gave them to Jonathan Drouin in uh, Harvey Pennard and Anderson. Do you, mm. think there's anything, do you think there's anything there um, <laughs> with with Hoffman or Drouin at all? Like, do you oh, think oh, any no. They... market for any of these guys? Nah, they wouldn't be showcasing these guys at all. Not at all. They're not showcasing them at <laughs> the least. No, no. This this is just Marty San Luis doing his normal experimentation, yeah. just out of the blue. But uh, do you think there's any market for these guys? Uh, well, listen, I didn't think there was any market for Evgeny Dadnoff, and look what he brought. Right? Who scored a goal last night? There you are. And it was a very nice goal. Yes, yes. He's he's back with a. Let's be honest. He's with a deeper club now. So yeah, yeah he's he yeah you know, he can be that complimentary setup guy, or right. or you know scoring guy. Uh, Gurionov though. I mean, hey, I you know since since this is a have show, let's get right down to it here. I mean that but that trade. I mean, you know, the expectation was if you could move Dadenoff, he Dadenoff was the only one of the 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 the, uh, the Habs uh, trade ships that anybody thought they might get something for, which was saying something because a month ago you had guys like you know Pierre LeBrun saying there's like no market on these guys right now, nothing, crickets, not a thing, and lo and behold, Kent Hughes turned him into Denny, you know Gurianov, who you know. Three years ago, uh, had a 20-goal season with Dallas and was just a beast in the playoffs for them during the, the the bubble playoffs. I mean, 17 points in 20, was it 27 games? Something like that. You know, so that, that's nothing to sneeze at. But, you know, we struggled, you know, afterwards, I think maybe trying to deal with the heightened expectations that came with that. Um so he gets an opportunity. So he comes to Montreal. It's it's a you're bringing in an actual roster player who can jump right in. He's got the the rest of the season under the Canadians coaching staff under under uh, San Louis to see if he can't uh, regain his form and show some potential. And then if he does, then okay, you you these are restricted free agent with arbitration rights. But let's be honest, he doesn't have a leg to stand on in arbitration. So. The Habs may give him a call, just get to qualify him at 2.9 mil or whatever it is and just go, okay, let's, let's give you another season and see how you do. And if he plays well in that regard, then you can look at maybe seeing if he wants to be part of your future because he'll be an unrestricted free agent next summer. 
And if he doesn't, then you go, well, you know, we can always, uh, you play well and uh, keep your trade value up and we'll try and send you someplace nice, send you to a nice playoff contender. If he doesn't pan out, well, hey, you know, then you just walk away from him uh, this summer or you try trading him again as a trade chip, you know. Either way, I think that's better than just, well, he could have brought in a third rounder. Well, whatever. You know, this is an actual warm body you get a chance to work with and maybe you might be able to turn help regain his form. So really I like a, that. It's really a no-risk trade. It absolutely. Really ab ab absolutely. I've, uh, I, I, I've seen a couple of folks on uh, – you know, on the old Twitter scape trying to say, no, no, they should have tried to get a, a third rounder. Even if that was the best you could get, at least as a young player, you could have molded. It's just like, have you looked at all the prospect, uh, all the, uh, the prospects currently in your pipeline? And have you looked at all the draft picks that Montreal currently has for the next three years? All right. You know, unless it's a first rounder, come on, what's the point? Here's a chance, again, you bring in a guy who, by the way, is a former first-round pick of the Dallas Stars. So bring him in. He's got good wheels. He just seemed to be having some issues trying to finish. Right. You know, something he didn't have a problem doing three years ago. So He also went through multiple coaches, coaching changes. There you go. Right? So, again, you know. Maybe he's not playing... playing under Rick Bonus anymore, right? And so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now you come to, and you, you you play with San Luis and, and there was some very telling too. I, I saw a quote on the, the San Luis saying that, yeah, he, you know, he always gets, uh, you know, if they get a player traded to them, I mean, you, you get information sent to you by the other team, but he says, I don't look at it. He said, I don't look at it for a couple of weeks. He said, I don't want my opinion of the player incoming player to be bias based on you know this information coming in i want to see him and judge him and let him play for me for a couple of weeks and see how he does then i'll take a look at what it is because then it's like oh here's a weakness we didn't know oh here's a strength that we didn't realize he had and that's that's a very very shrewd way to coach don't you know let bias cloud your judgment of a guy that's that's coming in you know yeah look at that evaluation two or three weeks down the road have a look at what he's like now, how he plays for you now, and take it from there. So, again, you know, I, I like the trade. I, I didn't see anybody, honestly, really pan that trade at all, you know. Well, I mean, the odds that Grianov actually does well mm. for the Canadians is higher than the odds would be that a third rounder would end up in the NHL. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you can't really go wrong there. No. And with St. Louis, I mean... Uh, there's people around the league that are talking how he impacts the team, how people appreciate his approach. So yeah. a new, a new set of eyes, a new coach, a new system, a fresh start that will, that should go a long way with a young guy like Gurianov who really needed a fresh start because he, he was in yeah. bus territory in Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, again, it's uh when you're getting an established NHL player, which he is. So something to work with going forward. Um, but as far as the other guys, um, you know, Hoffman, um, I, I think the main issue with him more than anything else is just the contract. You know, I, I just think that, you know, because his dollar value is, is north of 4 million a season. I think that's, that's kind of the sticking point there. Consistency is also an issue with him too. But again, there, there could be a team that if if the Habs are willing to pick up, you know, a, a chunk of that, maybe they might go for it. But, uh, you know, 
again, there's, there's not much kicking around. I, you know, Hoffman's name doesn't really come up in anything that I've read or seen or heard. And the same thing with Drew Ann either, you know, he's, it, it just, just doesn't seem to be any, any value. Now, again, you can't rule anything out that we get to deadline day and there could be teams that are desperate for, you know, a playmaking forward or, or a guy that's got a decent scoring touch and, Oh shit, everybody's gone. You know, pardon my language. Uh, you know, all the main guys are every all the the main talents all gone now. Um, but we still have this need to fill. Um, okay, let's see what Montreal does. Will Montreal take this fourth rounder for Drew Ann? Or you know, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not saying that's what his worth is. Um, then perhaps maybe they might be able to move one of those guys. But um, right now it it doesn't look good. I wouldn't hold my breath. Uh, let's put it that way. But again, I didn't think they get anything for for Dadenoff. So. You know, if if, uh, you know, if Ken Hughes can actually take turn at least one of those guys into another into a, a decent asset, I think if you could get a second round pick for either of those guys, I mean, God, take it and run, you know, um, Sean Monaghan, just no, it's not going to happen if if if, you know, that injury did him in, which is a shame because there was interest in him going back to early December before he he injured him, his, his, his took that had injured that foot. And if he was healthy, I, you know, I mean, I think the avalanche would have been very interested in, in him. There would have been a lot of teams that would have been interested in him. Now, again, Montreal would have had to pick up half his cap hit, but they would have done it because the return would have been worthwhile. But there's just too much uncertainty now. I mean, remember, you know, he suffered the injury. He was supposed to be back in, in early January. Then it became late January. Then it became the end of February. Now we're talking sometime in March. I'm starting to wonder if we'll ever see the guy skating again you know, this season. So we'll just have to wait and see on that. But of those three, I think Monaghan is now the least likely to, to, to be traded. What about and the NHL? Oh. oh, well, before we get to Edmondson yeah. with the NHL, making that new regular, that new rule, where they're going to scrutinize trades of anybody hurt. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to hurt any possibility of even a conditional trade at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm calling that the Gustav Nyquist rule. Because that, you know, you heard that when, when Nyquist got injured, it's a season-ending injury, but you could possibly be back maybe by the first round of the playoffs. And so you started hearing all this this stuff kicking around that, you know, hey, you know, the Blue Jackets might might be, trade him to a club that needs LTIR space so that they could then go out, you know, a team like Toronto. Toronto was mentioned. Other, other cap-strap teams, contenders were mentioned as destination for Nyquist. And I think that's what the league is turning around saying, well, we're going to keep a close eye on that. Honestly, I don't think they want to see that. You know, I don't think they want to, they want to see this sort of thing because hell, you could even call it the the Kucherov rule. If you want, again, you know, a guy is on LTIR for the rest of the season. Oh, he's magically back and playing fantastic in the first round. Or go even further back, and let's call it in honor of the guy who's getting traded to the Rangers, the Patrick Kane rule, because that's where this all started back in 2015 when he broke his collarbone, was out for the rest of the season. Oh, but he's back for game one of the playoffs, and he helps them win the Stanley Cup. So, yeah, I, I think that's where that's coming from. I, th- I think the league is starting to hear some grumbling from some team owners and general managers about this. Because well, they wouldn't, lot- they, I'm sorry, I- they just wouldn't do that. Batman wouldn't come out and do that unless he was starting to hear some bitching from, from some of the other teams. Well, that's like what Vegas is doing. Vegas is collecting all these LTIR players. Yeah. And, and, and they're just, Oh, we're at the cap floor. We're at the cap floor, but they have 
Dyke, uh, Dykehouse and Pronger and uh, uh, Weber and uh, oh, you um, mean that? Yeah, the coyotes, Osa, you mean. the coyotes, yeah, coyotes yeah, sorry, yes, coyotes. Yeah, 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 the coyotes, and uh, it's just ridiculous, really. Like, hey, oh. you look at but you look at Arizona though, and they've got some Hall of Famers that have oh, come in. that's <laughs> that's that's what I mean. Like, they're no. they're LTIR, they could win a cup. <laughs> If that is, yeah, they're the LTIR Stanley Cup champions. It's, ins- it's insane. But all like- they need, all they need to complete it, is Carey Price, and <laughs> there's your All Star team. There's right. your All because that's all they're missing is a goalie. And you know what? That's a possibility. They're alumni team that beat the shit out of their regular team. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't, don't rule that out. Yeah, I mean, they're broken times, alumni team. <laughs> yeah, but how many times? I mean, look at you know this time a year ago, everybody's saying, "Forget about Shea. Well, you're not going to move Shea Weber's contract. Forget about it. It's too long, too much. Blah 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 blah." And as we're discovering, where there's a will, there's a way, and that kind of go- takes me back, kind of to to uh, Eric Carlson's situation. You know. Um, yeah, his contract is a big lift. It really is. You know, 11.5 mil through 2026, 27 with a full no movement clause. But the no movement clause at this point is the least of, is the, the smallest obstacle to hurdle. It's right. that cap hit. The right. Oilers tried. They really tried to see if they could swing a three team deal uh, or at least try and get uh, the, the Sharks to retain 40%. So that they could, because I think you would have seen like Tyson Berry, who went to, you know, the Predators, you would have seen him going to San Jose for sure. In fact, he was, his was the first name to pop up. It was going to be him plus Poya Yarvi and whatever, but they just couldn't make it fit and they couldn't find a three team deal to make it happen. But the off season, possibly, possibly, I think it's more likely a greater likelihood to happen in the off season. But again, you know, we could be sitting here, you know, at, 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 five to three Eastern time, five to four Atlantic. And, and, you know, thinking, oh, well, that's it. We're getting to the thing. And then all of a sudden you just see a whole bunch of shock pale faces on TSN at the trade desk as they announced that Eric Carlson is going to, oh, I don't know, the Detroit Red Wings or whatever, you know, a team that's got a lot of cap space, whatever, the Buffalo Sabres, what have you, you know? So you can't rule it out. I mean, Mike Greer, you know, was asked about that after the, the, the Timo Meyer trade and talked about Carlson. And he said, where there's a will, there's a way. So that tells me, yeah, teams are interested. Teams have been talking. They just can't make the dollars fit right now because of the cap constraints. So you look to the summer. So now that Ekholm's gone, Chikrin's still on the board. Is mm-hmm. there a chance, is there a chance Edmondson gets moved? I think no. Um, Ed, Edmondson, <laughs> It was it was Edmonton that had all the interest in Edmondson, and I, I again, I, I really shouldn't say never say never, but that he was the guy they were supposedly hot and heavy to get. That's now not happening because they got Ekholm, and there are concerns about his back. You know, I mean, George Larocque, let's let's face it, a month ago practically begged, you know, his friends in the Edmonton media, please tell the Oilers don't don't take him on his back shot, his back shot, he's done. Um, I, I don't rule it out, but I, I really think that it's going to be hard to move him now. Cause Edmonton just seemed it was Edmonton was the only team I heard mentioned linked to him. No other team seemed to be really mentioned to him very much. I thought I heard LA. I thought I heard LA was mentioned as well. Yeah. But Atlas LA's main thing is Chikrin. Yeah. They, they, they want to try and do Chikrin 
uh, if they can. If they can't get him, they'll look at some other options. But uh, Chikrin was the main guy that they want to get, and I think they still want to try and get him. I still think Chikrin's going to get moved at the at the trade deadline. I really do. I I don't think that the the Coyotes would have pulled him and sat him for two weeks. You know, if they were if they didn't have deals sitting there in hand from from interested teams. And every word that I've heard consensus is, is that the Kings have made, have a standing offer. The offer is on the table. Um, they were trying to do a bigger deal. Um, they were trying to get uh, the, uh, oh, uh, Karel Vimelnik, Vimelka. They were trying to get him uh, as part of the larger deal, the Coyotes goaltender, because uh, the Kings, of course, have a little bit of concern with their goaltending right now. But I guess apparently that they couldn't make that work, but they do have a standing offer, I guess, on the table for Chikrin. But yeah, I think uh, Bill Armstrong, the Coyotes GM, he's just looking around for other options because there's other teams interested. Columbus Blue Jackets are interested in him. So there's, there's, and they that. still have, and they still have Gavrikov to move. Oh yeah. They, if they move him, you know, then yeah. Um, apparently though, Chikrin would not be pleased with that because, you know, this goes back to the summer. They wanted to move him there. And even though he has a no trade, he does, he does not have no trade. He has no trade protection this season, uh, but he didn't want to go to Columbus. And I don't think he'd be very happy to go this time either. Even with Johnny Goudreau there now, I don't think he'd want to go there. That, that's kind of been the thing you heard. Like, you know, it was like, yeah, they weren't trying to get Chikrin before they got Goudreau. didn't work. Oh, but now that they got Goudreau, yeah, that might be an incentive. Yes, as you look way down at the bottom of the standings. Oh, there they are. So Goudreau, de- Goudreau de- or uh, yeah, Johnny Goudreau doesn't even look like he wants to be there anymore. Oh, my God. <laughs> he he looks like he's aged five years. <laughs> he really does. I mean, you look at a picture of him from last summer to a picture of him now, and it's like, oh, he's carrying the weight <laughs> of the world on those slender shoulders right now. Boy, howdy. I. I want to see the chaos that would ensue if Chitron is not traded by the deadline. I think that would be very entertaining. Well, it, it certainly wouldn't be a good look for the Coyotes to sit him for two weeks and then you don't trade him. You know, it, it's like I said, I, I think Bill Armstrong knows he's, he's got, I think he's probably got some deals, a deal or two lined up here. And I think he'll probably take the best one that he can get. Um, I'm not saying he's going to settle because again, he doesn't have to move Chikrin at the trade deadline. Chikrin's under contract for two more years. He doesn't have to move him, but I just, again, it, it doesn't look good on the, on, on the coyotes as an organization. If you sit this guy for two weeks, you know, for trade related reasons, copyright TRR, you know, <laughs> you know, where you, because of you, you've invented a new phrase that caught like wildfire on hockey Twitter, you know, trade related reasons, and you don't move him. It's just not a good look. So, yeah. Now, another person that is highly touted and highly on future considerations. Do you think he's going to move to yet another team? Boy, you know, future considerations. He's he's a popular guy. Really gets around. Um, you know, he's uh, he doesn't stay in any one place for very long. But he's he's a good quote. Good guy. Has plenty of time to talk to the media. Uh, good. He's a good family man too. Uh, I respect that about futures a lot. Um, you know, and uh, he's been in this game boy a long, long time. I mean, geez, going back to the fifties. It's amazing that he's been able to, to continue uh, playing as well as he has for as long as he has. But uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't rule out the possibility that uh, future considerations because uh, is on the move at least maybe maybe a couple of more times before 3 p.m. Eastern time on Friday. <laughs> 
yeah <laughs> future considerations future considerations it used to be well okay we'll send you a draft pick later or we'll send it now what future considerations is is seriously it's like okay we sent you this guy don't take this guy in the third round with your pick uh, or a steak dinner yeah well someone asked me to explain it to them and i said basically what it is is you can't have a trade for nothing so what you do yeah. is you say, we want him. We'll give you something we agree upon in the future. Whether that happens or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Doesn't, doesn't matter. They could have said, yeah. oh, well, we gave him a thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Or, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like the baseball trade traded this guy for cash. Yeah. When we used <laughs> to do that, the NHL yeah. used to do that. You know, the most famous being Chris Draper going from the Winnipeg Jets to the Detroit Red Wings for, for the princely sum of one dollar. So, yeah. Or yeah. the Gretzky trade. Mm, yeah. Like that was a lot million. more than one dollar. Yeah, it was like, like yeah. 15 million bucks. Or yeah, something. it was <laughs> all the asses. This player, this player, this, this draft pick, and $50 million. Yeah. Which the owner of the Oilers desperately needed because he was going tits up financially. <laughs> so, some of the, the Peter back taxes. The yeah. Washington Capitals, are they selling? Are they buying? Or are they, <laughs> what are they doing? Sell, 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 but selling and with an eye on a quick turnaround. And that's what you saw today when they took the, because uh, they didn't even have that that pick, that first round pick they got from the Boston Bruins and the Orloff, because that's who that first round pick was yeah. for, for Orloff. And they did that last Thursday. And here it is five days later. They turn that around, flip it to Toronto and bring in Rasmus Sandin. And I like that move. I like that move by gm brian mcclellan because he's taking a page out of the out of uh st louis blues gm doug armstrong's book because doug armstrong was famous for this you know he took uh you know it was the first round pick that he got for trading kevin shattenkirk years ago that brought ryan o'reilly to st louis there's another one that he did as well you know where he got picks from guys that he traded and then turned around and flipped them and brought in an established player and so that's what uh, I like. He, he's, he's McClellan is following Armstrong's playbook here because Rasmus Sandin is a good defenseman. He's a good young defenseman. He's, you know, he's had a, he, he's playing really good this season for the, for the, he was playing good for them for the Leafs this season, 20 points, you know, in, in like 52, 53 games. Yeah. I see him mainly, you know, third pairing minutes, but I mean, 20 goals or 20 goals. Yeah. I wish 20 points though, for a, a defenseman, mostly seeing third pairing minutes. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So he's only going to get better. And you're looking at that quick turnaround because, you know, they promised Ovechkin that they were going to remain competitive while he's still with them. It's not all going to be about, yeah, yeah, you know, okay, you're just going to, it's all now about getting you your, your, your 895 goals so you can break Gretzky's record. That's not what that's about. But they, you know, McClellan took an honest look at the team because having uh, Ovechkin uh, away for that week for his father's funeral kind of was a good eyeball test for him to see, okay, if something should happen to Ovi, can this team still compete this season? And the answer was emphatically no. You know, they dropped five straight. So, yeah, it was just, I, I give him credit. He, he could have gone out and, and blown his brains out, bringing in, you know, rental players to try and, 
you know, grab a wild card spot and hope and pray that lightning strikes and that they could go on a deep run. But realistically, he knew that wasn't going to happen. I mean, John Carlson, their best defenseman, is out probably for the rest of the season. Without him, you're not going anywhere in the playoffs. So, yeah, you make that move. It's a quick turnaround now. You absorb missing the playoffs this season to maybe come back next season and be a better team with a healthier roster and with Rasmus Sandin probably starting to see uh, second pairing minutes on your blue line. So I like that move on their part, you know? Kind of an upgrade on Orlov in a way. In a way, yeah. I mean, he's more of a puck mover, Sandin, but still, yeah. still. At some point, you're going to need to look at an heir apparent for uh, John Carlson. So why not? The kid's, what, 22? You know, Carlson's 32, right? So, yeah, I, I again, I like that move. Again, the, the classic short-term pain for long-term gain. That was very smart. He didn't let his emotions get the better of him in this, which sometimes general managers, because they're human, you know, sometimes general managers do. Now, the Leafs still, I think, have moves to make just for the simple fact they have eight defensemen. <laughs> you can never have enough defensemen especially when you're in the playoffs yeah uh well they could um <laughs> uh listen i don't rule out any more moves by uh kyle dubas i mean we talked about it just before we came on air and as, as you know i said it before and i'll see you guys i'll say it again to your listeners kyle dubas knows this is it he has to to do something to make this team a winner in the playoffs and more than just, Oh, get past the first round, like go on a run to at least the Eastern conference finals. And that's why you're seeing him load up here. Now he's not going crazy with it. I mean, Kyle Dubas, I did, you know, some of the trades he's made in the past, I've liked them. Some of them I didn't, but the one thing that I always respected about it is that they were always calculated moves. They were never knee jerk moves and he got creative doing some of them too. You know, like the Nick Felino trade two years ago, that was one of the first times we saw a, a team do the old, uh, you know, three team swap to bring in a guy that they wanted, but you had limited cap space. No worries. We'll split it up among the three of us. And now we can afford this guy. Okay. Felino didn't work out for him in the playoffs, but it didn't matter. It was a creative move. It was worth the risk, you know, and he's being very creative again this time. I mean, the Ryan O'Reilly trade, same thing out of his old playbook from two years ago, do the three team trade. Absolutely. But you look at these other moves, you're bringing in Luke Shen, Luke Shen costs you a third round pick. No big deal, but he's, he's got that playoff, that proven playoff pedigree. He's got two cup rings to prove it, you know, former leaf, basically the career's coming full circle, you know? So, Hey, maybe he comes in and he helps the Leafs uh, go on a run by providing that physical uh, style of play that they need, that they're going to need in the playoffs and that leadership as well. Um, you know, you bring in a great guy like uh, Sam Rafferty, like Sam Lafferty. I mean, okay. Yeah. You cost you Engvall. I mean, once, once they brought in uh, Lafferty in that deal with Chicago, along with Jake McCabe, I mean, I knew that Engvall was on his way out. So I wasn't surprised to see him get traded to uh, the Islanders today. But again, McCabe, same sort of thing. Bigger guy, a little more physical, shot blocking guy as well. You can kind of see the moves where he's going. Ryan, Ryan O'Reilly, yes, he's got that impressive playoff pedigree and leadership, but he's also a solid two-way player. So yeah, his offense wasn't all that good with St. Louis this year until he get lands in Toronto and magically, you know, he rediscovers his scoring touch. But he's still also, you know, one of the better two-way centers in the game. 
So you bring that in. You can see what he's eyeing here is defense, 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 because, yeah, you've got the guns, the offensive guns, but they need to to do something that's going to slow down the opposition and, and, you know, reduce the goals against. So that's what he's been doing. Now, I'm looking at teams that are kind of on the bubble right now, and it, mm. you're wondering, are they going to sell? Are they going to buy? And the one that's really, really intriguing to me is the Pittsburgh Penguins mm. because they've got that streak of 17 in a row making the playoffs. They still yeah. have Crosby and Malkin, and you have to try when you have them mm-hmm. on your roster. So I've been seeing a lot of things about them going to get a forward, like Brock Besser or something along those lines. But yeah. Anything else out of that? Maybe the maybe Hughes has some, I don't know, blackmail on <laughs> on Hextall that he can use. <laughs> well, the thing is too, it, it's it's not just Besser. I mean, yeah, I, I saw that too uh, earlier today, Blaine. That uh, yeah, they had some. You know, maybe it might be Brock Besser. I heard a, another forward's name came up. It just eludes me for the moment. Oh, J.T. Miller. J.T. Miller was also mentioned, but it seems to be. I don't know where JT Miller came up, but you know, because boy, there's a nice heavy, heavy lift for your cap next starting next season when you're already top heavy. But uh, you know, the, the, the the thought seems to be uh, Patrick Johnson of the, uh, the Vancouver province was saying, no, it seems to be more towards Besser and not JT Miller either way. Yeah. I don't think, I think either guy will, would certainly provide a significant boost for, for the penguins. I just don't see how, they can manage it, <laughs> you know, uh, but also you've, I've heard them link to uh Chikrin as well. Apparently uh, head coach, Mike Sullivan practically begged Ron Hextall uh, to go get Jacob Chikrin for the blue line, but Hextall's unwilling to do it because it would have cost the Penguins first round pick in 2025 and their first round pick in 2026. And he didn't want to get, that's too much to give up. I think, listen, I think Hextall, like Hextall is notoriously stingy when it comes to parting with, with a first round pick or with a, you know, his, his prospects, but I think he'd be willing to give up one first round pick. I think he'd be willing to do that if it would bring in a guy, like say somebody like a Brock Besser, that sort of thing, but he's not going to give up two. I mean, not unless the guy's name is Connor McDavid. He's not going to give up two first rounders. So Listen, you can't sleep on Ron Hextall, though, either, because, like I said, last year he brought in Ricard Raquel. The year before that, he brought in Jeff Carter. So, you know, he can he can make he can make the deals happen. You know, I just think Penguins fans like, you know, they kind of hit the panic button there when the team slipped out of the out of the wildcard berth briefly. And then, you know, but what did he do? He, he couldn't trade Kasperi Kapanen, but he could put him on waivers and he gets you know picked up who who picked him up off waivers again i just did blues yeah the blues did them a solid too right by doing that 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 clear 3.2 mil off the books for this season and next you know and for the blues it's like hey we got the cap space we're doing the quick turnaround too this kid's young maybe maybe he can work for us and it's only an extra year so why not you know so all of a sudden they went from having like very little cap space to, oh, now we've got some wiggle room here. So if we can accrue, you know, accrue that that trade deadline cap space, then, yeah, you know, I I, I wouldn't sleep on the Penguins. I, I think Ron Hextall has, has some moves planned. I think he's going to at least make one significant move to try and help his team make the playoffs. Jake Allen. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm saying it here right now. Jake Allen and Mike Hoffman for something. <laughs> future considerations. <laughs> yes, our old friend Future Considerations on his way again. <laughs> now, tonight, uh, it looks like Gooley is back. Mm-hmm. Playing, uh, playing in the game against San Jose, so that that bodes well. He's on that top pair with the uh, Savard, top pair, um, and, and Edmondson might be back. And mm-hmm. Gurianov's playing on that top line, and they're playing against San Jose. So you know there's going to be a ton of scouts there because mm-hmm. these are two teams that are going to be just throwing players out of the dressing room the <laughs> second they get an offer. <laughs> Edmondson's actually not playing tonight. They, yeah, they rolled just out. Said- yeah. yeah not tonight yeah they, he right. did practice and he Later did make full reason, con yeah. he did take full contact and he did do extra hitting afterwards with the play but they marty st louis ruled him out for tonight hmm. didn't say trade related didn't say no, trade related right. just reasons ruled him out. just, just ruled, ruled him out. out you know in ruled winnipeg in winnipeg dubois is missing the game tonight too so <gasps> just saying <laughs> Jonathan Drouin, Mike Hoffman. <laughs> oh my God! Drouin, Drouin, Dvorak, Hoffman, and Edmondson to oh. uh, with uh, with uh, Struble. The rights to Struble uh, to yeah. Winnipeg for Dubois. Done. We're all Done sit- oh, sure. We're all sitting. Yeah, the four of us are all sitting here in the mess, laughing about this. You watch. You'll wake up tomorrow morning and go, "Holy shit, Dubois a hab!" <laughs> How did that lighter a second and halak? <laughs> sign done done yeah done done. yeah that's another team too keep an eye on the jets they're not speaking of done they're not not yet they're not done making moves um james van reemsdijk has been uh one of the players mm-hmm. linked to them as well um so yeah keep keep an eye on that well and i mean i know kevin shovel day off has that reputation as a general manager being very cautious and all that but i i think he understands you know if if his team's going to go for it with this current core that they've got they're going to have to do it now you know shifley and hellebuck and wheeler only have one more year left on their contract all next summer they're all going to be unrestricted free agents dubois who the hell knows, right? You know, but he could be gone this summer. If not, he could be, he'll be gone for sure next summer. So if you're going to go for it, you got to do it now. Do it now. And if you can bring in somebody, if you can bring in JVR or or whoever you can get to help you out, you go and do it, you know. So I, I would not uh, rule out anything by the Jets. I'm shocked that the West hasn't had more movement yet because yeah. this, this this conference is wide open. Mm-hmm. And you're watching that arms race in the East oh. and you just know that all those teams are going to beat the snot out of each other. Mm-hmm. So you have an opportunity there to, to run the table yep. and possibly show up a little bit healthier in the final than the Eastern conference team that has to go through that gauntlet. Yeah. But I, I think that some of the Western teams too, just kind of where their situation is, you know, for each of them. I mean, I look at the Kings and again, another prime example you know, they really, really need that, uh, you know, established left side defenseman, puck moving guy on the left side. They would they would prefer to move Sean Dersey from the left side to the right side as natural position. And that's why they've been going hard for Chikrin and, you know, why the situation is what it is. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't rule them out. Obviously not. But I don't think, but, you know, I don't think Rob Blake is, is going to go out and blow his brains out either, like giving away draft picks and prospects to get somebody who's second level. 
You know what I mean? I'm and by that I, I you know, I and no disrespect to the guy, but I'm thinking of Gavrikov. Gavrikov does not play now. He's a left side D. Yeah, he can chip in offensively. He's not bad. He, he's he's a good kind of all around defenseman, but he's more of a physical shutdown defenseman than he is an offensive guy. But that's not the Kings' need on that side. They need a puck mover like Chikrin. So that's just. I mean, he could go after Gavrikov. I I wouldn't rule it out if he feels well. You know, okay, if the price is right, but. Honestly, I think he just prefer to wait and see what he can get if he can get somebody like Chicken rather than go after, you know, somebody that doesn't fill their needs. But you can say, oh, well, I traded for him so we can stick him in there. Let's see what happens. Yeah. But he does have Bergie over there in his ear, so he could possibly go oh, that route. Oh, it could be mad scientist time. Be- because you got <laughs> players that get you to the playoffs and players that get you through the playoffs. Yes. Yes. And if you don't pick my guy, these biceps are going to run wild. (laughs) What's it going to do, brother, when Bergie's 24-inch pythons run wild on you? Mm. Oh, yeah. The cream always rises to the top. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's right. The cream. Always the cream. Yeah. Dig it. Anyway. Oh, Lordy. The Gen X. That is is Bergie. That is Bergie right now. Oh, yeah. That's Bergie, Bergie right now. With Bergie's hulking up. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big time. Listen, we can make fun of Bergie all we want. And God knows there were some things he did wrong. But I mean, still, he had a mad scientist approach to management, but it worked more often than it didn't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't I don't hate on Ber- Bergie or anything like that. But let's just say I feel a lot better about the Canadian's future with a steadier hand on the tiller like Ken Hughes. Because we got to guys. Let, let let's let's be honest. A lot of these moves that Ken Hughes have made are moves that Bergie wouldn't have done. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Let's for be sure. honest. Okay. So he wouldn't have multiple first round picks for some oh God, reason. No. Bergie hated getting multiple first round picks. Yeah. <laughs> and he only he only traded one first round pick, and that was to get Dvorak, and it was the added one he got for the signing of Kotniemi. He's never traded. But it was different mindset, though, for Bergie. Yeah. Okay. With Bergie, he was still trying to win. He had Carey Price there, he had Shea Weber there, and he's trying to win, win, win. He's trying to, it's like, okay, last year, yeah, okay, fine. But this year, healthier. Let's bring in somebody who can help us, you know, get into the playoffs. And his attitude was, let's get into the playoffs and then anything can happen. And in 2021, we saw that. Mm-hmm. But uh, whereas Ken Hughes came in, the situation was, yeah, okay, this team needs to be ripped down to the studs and rebuilt. So he's in a way, his path is kind of easier. He's not under that pressure because the fan base is more has, has accepted the fact that, okay, yeah, we got a few years of pain, but we can do this. And that, by the way, that's something I got to say, I really love him about this season. Everybody knew going in Habs fans knew going in that this was going to be, it was going to be a sometime painful season. It was going to be a rebuild, but yet they've embraced these guys. Like there's been very few games, honest to God, if you watch them, there've been very few games where they have been like really booing the team. And, and, and when they did boo them, they did deserve it because there were some games where they really did. The effort wasn't there. They really did suck on toast, but you notice the very next game, the Habs energy level was back up and the fans didn't mind if they, if they lost as long as they were trying. And that's the one thing about this team. You can you you can knock them for depth or whatever. Say, well, the kids are going. Oh, they're going to make mistakes. Blah blah blah. There's no quit in this team, though. Yeah, they don't have the talent to run with the big boys yet. 
but they did my god they don't quit and, but they're and not, the fans love it they're not losing right lyle oh they're supposed <laughs> i'm sorry you're right it's supposed to be tankity tank 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 they're they're they're, uh, they're the not memories. they're not in the bottom five it's a wasted year oh a wasted what a year. wasted year oh my god yes it's because as you know we don't have any prospects at all oh yeah. it's dreadful it's so awful my God, there's nobody there. Look, who did they get with that first round pick? Some slappy guy. We don't know who he is. Oh, we, oh, we played a little bit. Now he's gone. Oh, it's awful. It's just terrible. It's dreadful. There's no prospects. There's no hope. We could have get Connor be dead. You know, like. Is that Mrs. Brown? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. That's my mother-in-law. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, but but seriously, guys, I mean, yeah, it, it's like now, you know, I'm happy seeing the Canadians where they're as I put my Habs hat on now. I'm happy seeing this team playing better, you know? Yeah, they're look, they're still going to finish in the lottery, in the lottery run for the lottery. They're probably not going to win. If they do, oh, yes, I will scream and do the happy dance like everybody else. They're still going to get an excellent draft pick, okay? You've got, I mean, just with all these promising kids that are in the system and the ones that are on the roster now, I mean, come on, how can you not be optimistic? You know, I mean, if you're just sitting there pinning all your hopes on a magical unicorn, you know, like Connor Bedard, well, then you got, your team's got worse problems than, than you can imagine. If you're ignore and it, it, I think for these people wanting the tank, they're the problem because they're refusing to see the riches that are right there in front of them. But you know but they're not what's what's what do i hear in the arguments all against i say this all the time you don't need oh, Bedard see, to be I, successful I, yeah i i i say that and i agree <laughs> but i agree with you i agree but then you. they sit there and say yeah but we don't have any you're not going to win with suzuki as your top center you're not going to win with this oh guy. my lord you have to have an elite player and i'm like yeah an elite player will help but that you don't just build a team through the draft right yeah. if you can't get one through the draft then i mean Let's be honest. Dubois is probably going to be a Montreal Canadian with the next probably, two years. Probably. Right? Would you consider him to be a step above Suzuki? No. Yes. No. I, I don't. I don't. You don't? I don't. I think they're I think Dubois is where he is right now. Suzuki is still coming up. We haven't seen his best yet. And I think his best, which will be coming in the next couple of years, is going to put him above Dubois at that point. And that's not knocking Dubois because Dubois you know, is, mm. is a very strong, big, very strong two-way center. Absolutely. And would I be upset if he, if he wound up signing with the Canadian and I say signing, cause I don't want to see the Canadians giving up draft picks and prospects to get him. No, wait, be patient next summer. He'll be yours. You'll have the cap space then. Sure. Throw nine and a half mil at him. I don't care, you know, but, uh, yeah, this is Nick Suzuki. Did anybody not watch that kid? in the 2021 playoffs at all have they not watched him play since he joined the canadians for the love of god i just don't get this just shut up shut up okay carter carter hart has not been the same since suzuki <laughs> pat him on the head <laughs> ever since the head pat but come on suzuki and cole caulfield one of the you know up until caulfield got hurt one of the best one-two punches in the game and somehow that's not elite, you know. Okay, yes, it's not. It's not Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle. Nobody is. Okay, mm -hmm. 
But Jesus, to sit down and think that you can't win with that combination? The hell's wrong with you? What, Kirby Doc? His improvement did not impress you at all, for heaven's I, sake? You I know? think Kirby, I think Doc's going to be right up there with Suzuki and, and Dubois. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, just, and, and but you just see the improvement. And the one thing can I honestly say, I mean, too, is, uh, yeah, I, I get a lot of the concern, too, about the high number of injuries. I, I do get that. I get some of the concerns about the medical staff. And I'm not willing to pillory the 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 medical staff either like some are some are blaming them for for all of that it's like yes that's right it's the medical staff's fault that that sean monahan took a puck off his foot and now he's no longer a trade chip yeah i'm gonna get them out of here no but you know the one silver lining though to all these injuries is it has opened the door for some of these other younger players to come in and to show what they can do and all of a sudden People are noticing these could go, wow, I didn't know about this. Wow, look at, holy joke, look at, you see? So sometimes, you know, like I said, it's it's not ideal, of course. Honestly, I think if the Habs were healthy, I think they're they're right up there, you know, right up there within range of of, of a wild card spot. I think, there's, I think there's about 10 or 12 wins they could have had, at least 10, if they'd had a healthier roster this season. But... You know, hopefully next season we'll see that because then the you know these younger guys will have a little more experience. Maybe some other younger guys will be up in in, in there as well. We don't know who Ken Hughes could bring in in the off season as well. <clears throat> Dubois, we don't know, but uh, you know it, it it's been a kind of a blessing in disguise. Just you know, with with these injuries. And that being said, yeah, please hurry back, guys. And oh God, let let's hope that Arbor uh, Jack Eye's shoulder uh, heals up well too, as well as Cole Caulfield's, but. Yeah, Jack I really was becoming a fit. I think he's becoming a favorite of everybody, you know. And uh he's, it's a great story for yeah, one. Not just in Montreal either. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, but uh you know, a lot of these these kids and it's I'm glad to see Ghoulies back. Well, we knew he was going to be back before the end of the season. So yeah, hopefully he, he finishes strong as well. And um yeah, we'll just uh we'll just go from there and look forward to next season when these guys are hopefully healthier and ready to take on larger roles. And whatever veteran defenseman they find to pair up with Jack Eye next season, mm. I am now calling him VPN because he's going to mask any <laughs> any issues with Wi-Fi. There you go. There you go. Exactly. Perfect. Oh, my. Well, you, you know what know, I love about Jack Eye? I love mm. the fact that he's not ever gotten to a fight at the wrong time. No. No. He He doesn't take stupid penalties that way. Yeah. You know. He's taking a couple penalties. You're like, okay. But I'm now. talking though the fighting ones, though. I, I'm saying that's what that's I'm saying. What I mean, like, yeah. Usually yeah. a guy who fights two or three games a year, you think, oh, why did he start that? It was like, oh, yeah. But no. he has. He's never done that. He's he's no. never. He's actually. I don't think he's ever gone out and actually looking for a fight. No. I think he let the no. fight come to him. There's a reason why they call him the sheriff. Yeah. Which I like better than Wi-Fi. As soon as I heard you start calling him <laughs> sheriff, I'm like, yeah, I like that. He's the sheriff. Yeah. And then his partner's deputy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> deputy dog. There you go. Yeah, but and they well, that's a funny thing. He injured his shoulder and he still won that fight. <laughs> so, <laughs> man, respect right there. And and props to uh Darnay, who as soon as he seen him go down, yeah, stop. Yeah. He just he just and he said in the thing, I seen him take himself down, so I just uh, 
Yeah. You know, so props to him for doing that too. Oh yeah. The, well, yeah. A lot of these guys. punching me in the face. Yeah. So I backed away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course I backed away. You see his fist are like cured hams. Hams. Bosco <laughs> didn't need a forklift when he was there. <laughs> he stopped punching me. So I thought something was wrong. <laughs> 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 oh my so the rebuild for the canadians is probably only going to be a couple more years and you Hopefully, think yeah. the, the habs are ruining the rebuild by finishing with a sixth overall pick mm, dreadful. damn them dreadful you know right in that right in that area where there's a lot of really good forwards who can score goals mm. that's horrible how, how dare they how dare they get Smith or maybe Mitchkov? Oh, I, th- I think Mitchkov would be a perfect pick for them because by the time they're ready uh, to contend, he's ready to play in the NHL. Yeah, I but just it, don't see them picking him. I I don't either. I think, I just think yeah, it would be well given given the, the the whole situation. You know the you know the real world situation as we step outside for a second there with with Russia. Uh, I think you you know. It didn't really have too much of an impact. It didn't seem last last year's draft, but I think it could be more more so this year. You know, not saying that these kids, the Russian kids, don't deserve to play here, or that they can't play or anything like. We all know that they can. They have the skills to do so, but they have. You got to wait a few years because they're contractually bound to the KHL. Unless they come over here and play junior hockey here, then it's a different story. But uh, yeah, uh, I I wouldn't look at Mitchkov myself. You know, I think they'd yeah. Like you said, you're saying with Smith, like you figure? Smith. Hey, I didn't say you yeah. didn't say there's nothing not there's nothing left to like, but just mm, bit tricky. That one, bit tricky. Yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting draft just to see Montreal picking sixth and eighth. It'll be an interesting draft. Mm. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Flor- Florida wins the draft and they go all the way up to three. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, I just, you know, though I, I do have to say secretly though, part of me, yes, is hoping, you know, I'll be sitting there on lottery night doing that, you know, hoping that they, they win it, of course, but I, I will not be brokenhearted if, if they don't, you know, I like the, I like the direction this team is going in, you know, I, I really do. Last year I wasn't, you know, it was like, yeah, I think we were all kind of in shell shock and it was just, God, what are they going to do? And can these new new guy? I mean, Ken Hughes is new at this, and San Luis has never coached before. Oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? And it's just, and it's funny because before, remember, around this time last year, it was all the talk was about Jeff Gorton was going to do this, Jeff Gorton this, Jeff Gorton that. I was the same, Jeff Gorton doing this, Jeff Gorton doing that, and now nobody talks about Jeff Gorton anymore, even though yes, he's still very much a part of this whole thing. But it's Ken Hughes this, Ken Hughes that, Marty San Luis, Marty San Luis, Marty San Luis, which again, says a lot about how far they've come in a year. I love Marty St. Louis as a coach. Like, um, uh, he's, he's proved it. He proved me yeah. wrong when, when they hired him, I, I listen, I full disclosure. I wrote it off as a publicity stunt. I just thought it was a stunt, you know, but nope. They, Jeff Gorton knew what he was doing. Surprise, surprise. Just like he did with the Rangers and with the Bruins before that. So, 
I should have learned, right? I should remember. I have a little more faith. See, that's what happens when you let your fandom kind of overtake your thinking yeah. here. You know, <laughs> if I hadn't been a Habs fan, I would have looked at it and said, well, well, you know, Jeff Gordon has this history and, you know, he seems to know what he's doing, blah, blah, blah. So that, I, I can be accused of letting my, my Habs fandom get the better of me when they hired Marty, but by God, I'm glad they did. Yeah, glad they did. <laughs> They're looking for any more peewee coaches. Uh, I'm available. <laughs> he may no. be looking for an assistant coach. There you they go. want good coaches, Blaine. Good oh, coaches. <laughs> can oh. you run it? Can you run a power play? Oh, <laughs> yeah. If you can run a power play, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that... I got a whiteboard and everything. There you go. He's all set. <laughs> He's all set. <laughs> You got to and and you being a chief, you you drop a lot of f bombs. So I mean, you're perfect as an NHL coach at that level. Yeah. You know, the other the other, night, the other night, I was watching the uh, that that Leafs uh, Amazon documentary from a couple of years ago. I just watched the last episode because I enjoy watching their souls get crushed. But just just. <laughs> But just seeing there, oh my God, to hear like Sheldon Keefe just every second word, fucking that's a fucking that, you know. And again, Bruce Boudreaux was the same way too. Remember that years ago, HBO did that documentary behind the scenes, and it's just like, good God, Bruce Boudreaux, what a potty mouth on you, you know. <laughs> so. The very first of the first episode is really good too. <laughs> oh, yeah. that, that little uh when it says uh and what is it and it happened again and it happened again <laughs> uh my my best like my best but as as a hat fan i gotta say honestly my favorite thing to do when i'm around you know when the habs have gone through some losing streaks or things like that i key up i key up steve dangles coverage of game of game five when Galchenyuk turns the puck over to Cole Caulfield at the blue line and when Suzuki scores you could see that's at the moment where he could see his heart break <laughs> I know that's I choo terrible. Choo choose you <laughs> yes. yes that's exactly what I meant you could see oh. look if you freeze it here you can see the moment when his heart breaks <laughs> It's just hearing Dangle go, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> Caulfield picks it up and him and Suzuki tear down on a 2 on oh. oh, yes. That's their fault for signing a former Hab. Bliss. Yeah. That's 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 what that's what you get for, for taking on one of uh, Bergie's mad scientist experiments. There you go. And he was I fixed. Love... They fixed him. I, I love the goal call. Caulfield Suzuki scores. <laughs> it's like it's like Caulfield Suzuki off the it's in. In, in, in goal. In. <laughs> what? What's going on? What the hell? But to be to be to be fair though to uh, to Chris Cuthbert when he made that call, it like, did come even, out. If you even listen to it, like like from the uh, NBC's call of it, and and uh, yeah. uh, the old Holy Mackinac's call of it, you know it was the same thing. Mackinac there was like off the post. No, it's in. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it did hit the post. Because it did and hit then the it post. went in and come out right. It, it yeah. hit the post and in and out almost right away. It came so. out so fast, but yeah, it was just you know. Yeah, yeah. My, where uh, they're calling it from is on the opposite side of the building, so it's yeah, it's hard to it, tell. It's kind of hard, yeah. So I give them a bit of a break, but I just loved all the reactions on Twitter. Go, huh, typical, typical hockey in Canada cheering for the Leafs. Couldn't even get the goal call right. It's like <laughs> give give them a bit of a break, there, guys. I mean, even I wasn't sure for a split second. You know, 
Yeah, that, that's no, the moment. I, I was I was sure the second he got that puck, it was in. Well, yeah. And to be fair to Jack Campbell to, to go back on that, but I mean he played it right because the book on Cole yeah. Caulfield was shoot first, which he is. But yeah, he made the he made the perfect pass. Oh, it's just that's where I knew Cole Caulfield was gonna have a good career in this league. Because again, yes, his, uh... the whole book on him, shoot first, shoot first. And he just, yep, held it, held it over to Suzuki for the easy goal. And it was like, yeah, this kid, yeah, he's he's got awareness, situational awareness here. It's more than just, I got the puck on my stick and I'm going to shoot it every time. No. So, although I that was still his think Doug, he would have uh, the, That was, was his, that um, his, oh. go ahead. Blake. That was his happy Gilmore moment. Yeah. Somebody learned how to pass. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say Caulfield probably would have scored anyway. He would have like top oh, cheesed yeah. it in some corner, but yeah, that's funny. Yeah. He should, he should have patted Campbell. Someone learned how to pass. Anderson should do that. Someone <laughs> how to oh, can we all please get, can, can there be a moratorium? Can, can somebody get a hold of Elon Musk since he listens to everybody now, he's got a half-assed idea and see if we can't like ban anybody who keeps saying trade jobs. Josh Anderson. I'm telling you, Calgary for Wolf. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> okay, that's the only one that's acceptable to me. Okay. <laughs> but. Oh. Well, no, it's going to St. Louis now. They picked up two more first round picks and they're they're doing a rebuild on the fly. So he's going there. Mm. Well, according, Ooh. To, totally. according, Ooh. To, according to TVA, Hughes is still saying he wants to pick up a first at this deadline. I don't see it. I, and. And I, I want to go on a Caribbean vacation, but uh, two things that aren't going to happen. At least one of them anyway. <laughs> I did go on a Caribbean vacation this year, so it's still a possibility. On the Canadian Forces plan. That's <laughs> how I went on Caribbean vacations. No, I went on my wife's family got some money plan. But anyway. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Every other country was the Canadian Forces plan. All my cruises were on the Canadian Forces plan. And it, it was well worth all the work I had to do. So there you go. Yeah, that yeah. 10 minutes on the beach was sure as hell worth that five weeks ah, of sailing. It was wonderful. <laughs> Actually, no, what you have to do is have one of your engines blow out and you have to uh, spend three weeks in Pearl Harbor getting that changed over. So you get to do sliders every afternoon and uh, go down to Wacky Wacky. Or that was have the Blackwater slip into the, uh, the, the fuel. <laughs> Ooh. There you go. We had water go through our centrifuge into all our generators uh, off the coast of Scotland, and for you know fourteen, set a drift for fourteen hours with no power. It was amazing. Mm, oh, bad. Roll, 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 roll. <laughs> it's funny how the funny how ships bob when they're just stationary <laughs> in the water. That there's swells you didn't even know existed. And then we had to right, transfer Matt? fuel. We had to transfer fuel by bucket. Transfer oh, fuel by for... bucket up into the emergency fuel. Uh, oh, wow. Ugh. As oh, the lights boy. go out. Oh, boy. Meanwhile, Matt said they're going, you guys aren't in five-star hotels? <laughs> <laughs> I've you stayed guys... at fours. I've stayed at fours. There you, you, guys, go. you guys never had to deal with camel spiders, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's true. We never have. I I don't ever want to. <laughs> Did you ever have a plane that took off three hours late? No, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't have any champagne either. 
<laughs> Excuse me, these peanuts are not honey roasted. Send them back. <laughs> um, that great coupon. <laughs> Matt's feel not free laughing. To, Matt, Matt's feel, not laughing anymore. Matt, feel free to tell us to fuck off at any time. <laughs> I'm just looking at Matt. And just he's understood. Like, oh, he's not laughing anymore. He's not oh, laughing. Oh, we yeah. Now we've touched a nerve. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've we've used up quite a bit of your time here, Lyle. Guys, oh, uh, Matt, do you have anything that you want to bring up? Please, yeah. No, it's uh, always great to have you on the show. Happy to have you back. Hopefully, oh. uh, if there is another crazy move, we can get you on again and maybe do a breakdown of that. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I said I got a I've got a show to do tomorrow, and then I got prep for on Thursday for for Friday. So I'm going to be pretty much locked down. But you know, if anything, any you, listen, anytime after after the trade deadline, guys, if there's you know, if you want to have me back on, you know, I'd love to come back on. Love talking hockey with you guys. Love talking Habs. Just love talking with the uh, love talking with some old service guys. Yeah, you know. <laughs> The only time the wife lets you talk to those guys. Yeah, that's right. Being the safety of my home. Can't leave me astray. We wow. just went to the mess for one round of shooters. That was it. <laughs> three days and later. Three days later. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Let's go hang out in three mess. Good times. There you so go. I got a question for all of you. Mm. Do you uh -oh. see Toronto, Tampa, Boston, or the Rangers? Who's coming out of the East? Oh boy! And hey, don't don't sleep on the New Jersey Devils either. Do not sleep on yeah. the New Jersey Devils. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, they they are go they have the capacity to surprise. You know that? Yeah, I mean, uh, but you you look at the other four teams though that you mentioned there, Treg. I mean, oh man, that's our that's just a friggin' rogues gallery to get through, and you know who and. You got Carolina. I mean, you just look at it. I mean, those, the, the, those top six teams in the East, they they literally are the beasts of the East. And yeah, whoever's going to come out of there, I mean, by the time the Eastern Conference Finals done, they're going to know they've been through through the wars. It's going to be a slug. And I'm sure the Western Conference team, whoever faces them, is going to be like, yeah, go ahead, beat your brains out, you know. Make it a little easier for us. I'm not trying to make it sound like the Western teams are going to have it any easier, but let's be honest – they they're not going to have to face that kind of of depth, if you will. So, it's it's a tough call. Um, you know, it it really is. It really is. I mean, Boston, yeah. But it you look great during the regular season. It's it's another in, in the playoffs. But I mean, you you know, they're still they're the best damn team in the league. They show no weaknesses, and they just loaded up again. You know, with bringing in Orloff and Hathaway, that's that's more grit and physicality. They're just going to be. They're just going to be so tough to play against now. And then of course, with the Rangers loading up with, you know, with Tarasenko and, 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 and Patrick Kane, and, you know, you got the devils bringing in, you know, Meyer, who I think is going to be Timo Meyer is going to be a terrific fit there along with Nico. He I mean, just, just watch those guys take off. Uh, Toronto is getting more physical, you know, obviously getting more, you know, more defensive, um, you know, Carolina, excuse me i i don't think carol like i think carolina's got to be making a move here you know i i don't see i don't think pooley yarby's it okay no. i think they're they're kind of weighing their options too and you're going to see them improve as well so you look at those those half dozen teams and if i've missed any of you know sorry but uh yeah it's it's right now i i say too close to call 
you know, talk to me when we, uh, when we get poised for the first round and uh, yeah, then, then maybe the picture will be a little more clear. I say Carolina with the finish. Ooh, I know. I saw what you did there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ajo, please, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> five of them. There's five of them there. There's five fins. It's yeah. KK. KK. Mm. Oh. Aho. Aho. Um I I I have a hard time betting against Carolina. I mean, you look at the uh, the Atlantic co- uh, division there and I mean, whoever's a wild card there is probably going to weep a little bit, but then everyone's going to beat the crap out of each other for two rounds. Yeah. Carolina, depending on who they get in that first round, you know, maybe they get a little luck in the second round with uh, some injuries to the other team. It's hard to overlook Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're just uh, with the, you know, they, they've always solid on D. And bringing in Brent Burns just just added that extra dimension that they needed as well. Back during the offseason, yeah. if Pacioretty hadn't gotten injured, I mean, they they would be yeah, while well, they wouldn't have any need to go out and make any trade, they wouldn't be able to afford to, you know. But uh, you know, I, I I do think they need to address that issue there. But I mean, with 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 Aho, you know, Svechnikov, you know, Nakis is having a, a terrific season as well. You know, I I still think that second line center position though is is has got to be addressed. But you know. Either that, or you know, you want to replace patches at left at left wing. Either one, you know. I I don't think Don Waddell's done. He plays his cards close to the vest, but yeah, I can see him making a move, bring somebody. In. Hey, JT Miller, Dvorak. <laughs> Will you stop? <laughs> Jeez. Hey, maybe they'll bring Max Domi back. He's having a good year in Chicago. That's true. Yeah, but yeah. he wants to. He wants to stay in Chicago now. Just because he wants to stay doesn't mean he can't be traded and then they won't bring him back in the summer. But he's he's made no bones about it. He he loves playing in Chicago, live in Chicago. He'd like to stay. It, it's kind of funny, but yeah, it looks like looks like our Max has found a home. So and he likes Kyle, those big cities. Yeah. Kyle Davidson has just he's he's loved the way Domi's played this year. And justifiably so. So um maybe trades him. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too certain though that he does. I wouldn't be surprised deadline day comes and goes and he hangs on to him. Not because there's no interest, but because he doesn't want to he you he prefer to sign him and keep him around. Lars Eller. There no. There's a good one right there. I don't think the Capitals are done selling. Lars Eller's name actually met his name has been out a lot there in the last two, three weeks. And <clears throat> excuse me, when they started selling, when they started moving on Orloff. He was the very next guy that I thought was going to be the one to get traded after 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 Orloff. Now instead they moved Gustafson, but you know, hey, they got themselves a good young defenseman in return. But I, Eller, yeah, I I would not be surprised at all if he gets traded, and maybe maybe it is to Carolina. Yeah, I'd say Carolina or the Devils, one or the other. I, I I would lean more towards Carolina. They're they're pretty much Devils are pretty much set at center. I think, you know. Whereas, as I said, you know, with with Carolina, there is kind of more of that glaring need that's there. I mean, Kakanyemi seems to be getting more comfortable in this the second line center position there, but they kind of went back and forth between him and Paul Stastny a fair bit in the right. first half of the season. So maybe a little more stability there. That maybe Eller would be a better fit there. 
I say Toronto. I think I say this is Toronto's year. I think they're going to get out of the East. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. crazy. Yeah, you're crazy. Call me crazy. But I, I think this is Toronto's year. So any Leafs fans who troll us and, and, and hear this, I know you're in shock. <laughs> but that that that's what I'm saying. Well, just the way that Dubas is load has been loading up, but we like I like I said at the top of the show, by bringing in guys that play more physical defensively, you know, yeah, I mean he he knows what he's gearing up for here. So, you know, that I, also as, that also needs to be a team effort hitting the playoffs, though. Oh yeah, and oh, they're yeah. Very, and they're very well known for the players that they have not being those kind of players when the playoff hits. And then you play a team like Tampa that can ramp it up, especially a team like Boston that can ramp it yeah. up. And their star players are are there finishing their jacks every oh, yeah. shift, right? So, yeah. and, and, and and that's another thing too as well. Um, with the with the Lightning, you mentioned the Lightning before I forget. I mean, yeah, they they overpaid to bring in Tanner Janot, uh, but you know Matt Larkin, a daily faceoff, is an old friend of mine. And he made a very good point that he said, yeah, don't, don't, oh my, don't OMG at what they gave up to get him, right? Look at, hmm, you know, the Lightning sees something in Janot that nobody else sees, just like they did with Nick Paul, just like they did with Barkley Goudreau, just like they did with Blake Coleman. Now, yeah, (laughs) pardon me? Brandon Hagel. Yeah, and Brandon Hagel, same thing. And every one of those trades... You know, Julian Breezeball got ripped over the cold. What are you doing? Giving up a first round. When they brought in Barkley Goudreau, half 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 the punditry, NHL punditry lost their minds on Twitter when that trade was announced. A first round pick for Barkley Goudreau? Are you crazy? That's ridiculous. And then there he is praying around with the Stanley Cup. You know, when you got two cup rings and your team has been to the final in three straight years. Maybe we all should just kind of shut up and just kind of see what Breeze Bois is doing here. Because I don't know, maybe his resume suggests he knows what he's doing. Just, just thinking. Just thinking. The draft, the draft is going to be funny for Tampa. They don't have to show up to the last hour of the second day. Oh yeah, they have, they have two six and a seventh. That's it. They, they, <laughs> but you know, again, don't be surprised if oh, yeah. Julian Breeze Bois makes a couple of trades. You know, leading into the draft, he doesn't have to make them now. The week leading into the draft. Remember, Chicago last last year the draft had no picks in the first round, and after wheeling and dealing, they had three. So you know, I would not sit down and think, well, Breezebois not well. He's going to be stuck. He won't have any picks until the sixth round. Don't be too sure. Don't be too sure. All right. Well, I think that pretty much covers. Every team, and uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. we didn't talk enough like... about Calgary. <laughs> Dustin Wolf for we'll Anderson, flame... there it is. That's we'll enough. flame them later. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> we'll flame them later. Yeah. Um, no, it, it was a, I, I think we covered quite a bit of ground, and it was a ton of fun. We're at almost an hour <laughs> for, for an Whoa. episode, so okay. There's, <laughs> That that just means that we had a ton of stuff to talk about, and it's you know it's trade deadline week. Yeah, lots of stuff going on. There's a lot of things happening this week, unusually for a tr- the week going into the trade deadline. So yeah, lots to talk about. And for all the garbage going on in the real world, just shooting the breeze about hockey for nine oh, minutes is yeah. way better. 
listen, I do this, I do this for a living, but it's still nice to be able to just kick back and just hang out with people that, you know, similar interests you can just shoot the breeze with. And yeah. So that's part of the reason why I like coming on the show, guys. <laughs> well, you, you may as well just uh, pick up a regular hosting uh, gig with us then. Because <laughs> we'll, we'll have you back all the time. Hey, as often as you want me on the show, I'd be honored to be, be delighted to be on. Yeah. All right. You've been, on, you've been on more than Matt lately, so it's pretty. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, come on now. I can't hold that against the guy who's deployed now. Come on. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Yeah, we'll do it anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he claims he's working. Yeah. Not deployed again for a while. <laughs> there you go. He's got enough medals. Yeah. Yeah. Gee, gee, you get any more, you're going to bring a distinct list to port there. You know, <laughs> I, he just uses them to hold up his microphone. Oh, <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> So I want to th thank you everybody for coming on to the show, Lyle, especially you, my co-hosts, you know, it was, I missed you guys. It was nice seeing you back uh, for everyone listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sending all these emails and keep interacting with us on social media, sending in ideas and off, off the cuff comments. We, we like goofing around on there. So keep that up. And remember if you're talking about it, so are we. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.